fueled by the outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. We're your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. What's up, guys? And tonight we're joined by Fueled by the Outdoors team member, Josh Luck. What's up, man? Hey, everybody. How's it going? And uh, this is the first one that we've done in person in God knows how long, probably, right? It's been a well, while. We Did you and I do one at my house? You came over and we... Yeah. Who was that with? Oh, goodness. I think it was Kyle, just Kyle me Skelly. and you. No, it was Kyle Skelly one, yeah. but Kyle okay. lives in Pennsylvania, so he right. wasn't in the room with us. That's but, right. But we did it. Because that's the night we drank out of the Steins. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's what we drank. Okay. We drank out of those I, old Steins. I stopped over that night when you guys were finishing up. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. I forgot about that. Yeah, because nice. Matt came over, too, so we all kind of sat around and talked for probably three hours after that. <laughs> so. We did. All right. So, uh, you probably just heard me take a drink out of a glass. We're all drinking bourbon, so forgive us for how bad this gets. <laughs> um, but at least it's good bourbon. We're drinking We're drinking uh, Wild Turkey Diamond Anniversary, celebrating 60 years of Jimmy Russell's uh, legacy at Wild Turkey as a master distiller. He's long dead, but uh, you know what? They still make a real good bourbon down there oh, near Bardstown. Dude. I'm having trouble not saying ice cube because my ice ball is round, but I feel like the coolest person alive right now. Feels like a fancy man. <laughs> but uh, we're drinking wild turkey kind of in the spirit yes. uh, that we are officially three weeks away from the opening opener. weekend in Kentucky for everyone else. The majesty. We just dropped our first turkey episode today as well if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it stop what you're doing and go watch it and then come back because we're going to recap what went on uh we did lose some footage and everything so we're just going to kind of go over everything and um explain what's going on and you can kind of get rick's point of view my point of view and than an outsider's perspective and Josh who wasn't <laughs> fortunate enough to be there with us. So But um, but has watched the footage now. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> I really wish I was there. Oh it so was yeah. it was a time. So yeah, like if you are listening to this now, hit pause and watch the video. It's what, like twelve minutes, minutes thir- thirteen minutes long. Watch it and then come back to this. And we will uh, gladly uh, entertain you with some side commentary about that hunt in general. And we, oh, we yeah. talked about this real early on on another one called uh, Throwing the Jake Breaks. Yep. Um, yeah. Episode three. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was a long time ago. So we were still really in our infancy of it kind of doing this kind of stuff. And um, it was, you know, definitely one of those hunts that you don't forget for multiple reasons yeah um it it was just it was such such a fun weekend so we kind of wanted to sit down and just kind of have a round table about it because chris worked real hard editing out the footage um with what we had left i'll leave you to talk about talk about that why don't you get into why um why kind of the composition of the video is the way that it is so essentially i went on we had we had amazing cinematic B-roll footage and everything. And and the story behind the entire weekend, 
and and the year for that matter is just it's it's really indescribable man uh the way covid hit us all um you know with the shutdowns in the different states we had plans to go to and uh it just it really hurt and uh we had big plans and those got put aside and um but it but it it worked out in a different way um with that said we got some amazing footage um i went on a trip out west to nebraska and i ran out of room in my phone's memory i shoot everything in 4k and that takes up a lot of space and so i i uploaded everything to the cloud and then deleted it off my phone well I didn't adjust the settings properly, which I didn't know this. Normally when you hit something on your computer, you get a little warning screen. Hey, are you sure? Here's why I'm asking you, are you sure? Well, that didn't happen. I uploaded everything to the cloud, deleted it off my phone, and I literally lost footage of my oldest daughter meeting my youngest daughter after Uh. she was born. Uh, I lost all of our B-roll from uh, that fall and deer season. I lost everything fishing. uh, I have the pheasant stuff. Oh, you do? Yeah, I have the pheasant stuff. Um, I lost everything from spring turkey season. I even lost the first trip out west to Nebraska because of that. Because I did this in between that trip and the next trip. Jeez. So, needless to say... I had some scrambling to do. I had Rick do some voiceovers and give me some other footage that he had taken. And I got the broad idea to search Facebook for some things. I can't help but to post things on Facebook when we're hunting just to show people what we're seeing. Because I just look around and think of the next shot. That's literally all that's on my mind. What looks nice to me. And so I... I have the urge to share that, which it killed me to sit on this for a year. Um, So I found a couple things, uh, some footage of us morel hunting and um, finding just an absolute garbage truck full of motherload. It was so awesome. (laughs) Treasure trove. Yeah, it really was. And the, the thing that you don't see is we probably found more than double of what you saw, but a lot of them had burned up by then. Yeah, they were they were cut, they were gross. Yeah, like they, they were, were they were just like that black, black yeah. color. So and we had to throw them out, and so um, I ripped that off Facebook now because when you upload things to Facebook and other places, you send it in text messages or whatever, um, it is not the footage that is up to my standard. There's a little grainy graininess, grain, whatever you want to call it, to it, and. Um, it was very disappointing to me. Uh, we have some footage of Rick looking uh, off in the into the woods as we're hearing turkeys choke on their own gobbles. <laughs> um, that's probably one of my favorite clips. That's it's such a good, it's such a good, such a good clip. And it was, I mean, that was the first time that like we had scouted that area. That was the first time that. And so the significance behind that is literally COVID just happened. Yep. COVID had just came to be. So nobody knows what we're dealing with. And so me and Rick still get together, but we, we stayed 
far apart. You know, we kept about a six, eight foot, whatever. And, uh, but we went out and had a good time. And man, we heard turkeys and you can hear it decently in the video, depending on how well, uh, you know, your phone or computer or TV's volume goes. But, um, I mean, these things are running out of breath, gobbling. And we, I, I couldn't contain myself. I started busting out laughing. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, you know, we, we get all this B-roll and we lose it. And I had to rip stuff off Facebook. And it's disappointing to me because I have all these plans laid out. And you're so excited to release something and then things change. And I think that's one thing that I think we've all learned, you know, starting this page and running it and then dealing with the podcast and the YouTube and the Instagram and then dealing with, you know, crazy life things such as COVID and family, you just adapt. And it really sucks. I hate change. I, I am, uh, very rain manny we'll call it can i say rain man i mean dustin hoffman very like rain man if anybody gets the reference i do not like change i want everything to go perfectly according to plan so um it was really rough but it was a fun week well it was a garbage week because i didn't know what i was going to do and then i had rick do all this stuff and then i used like one fifth of what he did (laughs) but one thing you learn when you start editing uh, especially when it comes to video footage is you take all this footage and you use like one tenth of it. And then once you have that all put together, you're like, okay, where can I cut things to make mm-hmm. sure that our, you know, I call it, can I say ADD? Is that, yeah. Is that fine? ADD yes. America, you know, studies show that more than a five minute video is, basically not going to do that great or no, they're going to scroll through it yeah they're going to scroll through it people people like bite-sized stuff and yeah. attention spans yeah you know, definitely have well decreased I, over a, <laughs> I, I think that's rapidly very, over the past 20 years very much due to our uh great technology and i'm going to give us a little credit here millennials and generations after and gen- generations before but we got smarter. Mm-hmm. We we have more going on now than anybody ever did. Yeah. We are busier than we've ever been before. So we're trying to cut time here and mm-hmm. get on to the next thing. Um, so that being said, we went turkey hunting. And if you have seen it, I'm telling you, you don't know what a Jake means to three guys. Luke drove... Four hours. Nah, no. We'll say because we went to the WMA. Luke six drove, hours. Luke drove six hours. I drove an hour and a half, two hours. Rick drove an hour and a half. We met up at umpteen o'clock. It was early. And we went out there and put in the work. I went there a few days prior and scouted and had to beg Rick to come there because we had found <laughs> when you watch the video and you hear all those gobbles, no normal human being is going to leave I us. wasn't convinced. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> going to leave that. And But when I explained it to him on how the property lays and butts up to private, um, those birds are not going to be on public a lot. You're not going to have a high percentage opportunity at those birds because where they're roosting and where the public stops and the private starts and what is on public versus private, which 
the public was woods for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then you go to private, and what do we got? Cow pastures. Yep. Well, anybody who knows anything about turkeys, they're going to pitch off a ridgetop into a cow pasture every time because it's short, and they can dry off and strut, and that's where they're going to go find their food. They're going to scratch up the cow patties and everything and go through all that grass and eat bugs, and they're they're not going to come onto the place where everybody's wandering around. So after some tough convincing, and it was very tough to convince Rick rightfully so, to come away from that WMA, we go to this place and I think we were there about 40 minutes. Yeah. And this was after we pull up at whatever we pulled up in the morning and there's already three trucks sitting there. I think we pulled up at around five o'clock. We were supposed to get there at like four thirty, four forty-five, and we were running a little behind and we, we get there and we're like, crap, man, you know, this is supposed to be yeah. a place where we're not going to see a bunch of people. And I think there were two trucks in the parking lot. Yeah. Well, lo and behold, those people think like us. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you'll find out in future videos here. So uh, with that said, we get in there and, and things go down. I'm not going to hint around too much about it, but... Stuff gets sideways and gets straight and then sideways again. And it just, it just, uh, you, you see a lot of downward spirals and then all of a sudden, you know, success and everything. But I highly recommend you watch this movie. Um, I do apologize for our cursing. Rick and I cursed quite a bit. (laughs) I'm a cusser, Bill, as it is. I'm a sailor and I'm, I'm working hard to improve that, but you know, with the pressures from the whole shutdown with the States and COVID and, uh, you know, we're all hunting together for the first time for turkeys. We're on public land. It's opening day. And this is really our first go at filming turkeys. Yeah. And I mean, realistically, when we decided that we were going to do this, we thought we were going to have a completely different setup than what we had initially intended. And as the only guy who could carry a gun. Yeah. Um, the only guy who had a tag, like when those two birds show up, it's like, I gotta, I gotta put one of them down. Pressure's yep. on. It, I mean, pressure's on. And that, that, that's, that's the part of it that. There was know, a I, I lot th- of pressure I, on everybody think, in that hunt. Exactly. And I, I mean, pressure on Luke to call pressure on you to film pressure yeah. on us just to get birds and pressure for me to seal the deal. And I think realistically, a lot of people I can identify with this is that when you, I'm trying to think of who puts it. So there, there's this thought that like when you buy a tag for some people, like that there's this exchange that's going to take place. Like I have the tag, which means I have a bird. It's mm-hmm. like, no, it's like playing the lottery. It's like you bought the ticket and you have an opportunity to possibly win. Yes. But it, for a lot of people, I think that it gets in that, that headspace of you've had previous success. And you're like, I should be able just to do this. But whenever a buck walks by or whenever a turkey walks by, that greed sets in mm-hmm. of like, there's an exchange here and like, it has to happen. So like you, you want it to go so well so quickly um and just not have any issues and when you don't take those into account and you let that kind of greed take over 
from pressure, from whatever that is, you know, you get what happened to me um, in that video. I mean, I make no qualms about it. It's like I, you know, had that bird in front of me at 12 yards. It's 12 and, yards. Yeah, 12 yards. And, I mean, missed. Like, flat out missed. And realistically, I mean, I know what I did. Like, I know I cocked my head. I know I, like... When I pulled the gun up, I wasn't looking straight down the barrel. I put it over the bird's head, and it I, it made a move. And I'm like, "You better shoot now, otherwise, the bird's gonna run away." Right. Um. And it's tough, but at the same time, I think it kind of speaks to a lot of the different things that we all go through when you're out in the field. Um. Especially like my reaction after after missing the bird. I hate. I hate missing. Uh, anything I hate, sure. especially wounding an animal. And mm-hmm. I, I was positive after I took that third shot. Um, like I hit that bird and my, my history of turkeys, you know, you, if you've listened at all, it's not been great. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I was telling Chris earlier, there's a, there's a gap in me killing a turkey. I think of like 15 years cause I just didn't hunt for him. Yeah. Like, or probably not 15. It was a decade, at least a decade. Like, just it was like one of those things where I had killed one, did not have a good time doing it, did not have a good hunt. But even though, like, it's kind of like the consummate, like you do all the tracking and everything. It's what you're supposed to do as an outdoorsman. It just left a really bad taste in my mouth, and just like I don't feel like doing this. Mm-hmm. And with school and everything, it could kind of always use the excuse like, well, I got, I got school, or well, you know, this is going on, and you know, I, I wouldn't go turkey hunting realistically though um i've been the past five years um called in birds every time and i can think of the first year i hunted in kentucky i flat out like i shot one rolled the bird rolled it got up bird took off running flew just hit it straight in the chest and i i mean shot low and tell me about that the other day yeah i mean it's, it's just one of those things where you just like shake your head like here we go again yeah. like same same thing different different uh different day but i'm 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 still so happy about a jake sure uh, i mean that i mean it, it's kind of cool that like my first like bird my first public land bird too my first yeah. public land bird my first kentucky bird uh is kind of out there for people to see and i i, I like the sense that it's not always pretty it's not always going to be this picturesque hunting show where, you know, you sneak in within 15 yards and you just drop the bird dead. Yep. Uh, it, it happens. Um, and I think that if you show that kind of stuff, it allows for the realism of what goes on in a lot more people's lives than, you know, one and done buck shots or, you know, reaping turkeys at five yards right and i'll I'll say this much man it kind of takes a little bit of courage to put something like that out there because like you said you don't hear so much about the misses and the wounding and all that especially on a lot of these hunting shows Mm -hmm. so that that happens i mean you're not going to avoid it and it's something that you kind of got to take with a grain of salt and learn from it and try to get better. The fact of the matter is 
you know, Rick, Rick missed a lot, but we got the bird. So it really went from like zero to hero in a matter of seconds. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was a real roller coaster of emotions. It really was. Um, but it's, it's turkey hunting doesn't get the credit that it deserves. People talk about big deer all the time and we all love those killing a wild turkey can be so stressful and tough even a jake or a hen at a moment's notice those things like fold up and just run away and you're left sitting there like what just happened so you know it's not like a lot of deer that you kill and don't get me wrong big bucks are tough to kill but it's not like deer hunting where they just walk around they have no idea that you're there if you've got the wind right and everything these things will be just fine and then all of a sudden it's like you stood up and threw a brick at them and they're taken off so uh, there's a lot of stress and stress involved with turkeys um and you'll see you know rick's hunt rick's hunt is about the best successful hunt you'll ever see that starts off crappy basically Mm -hmm. and then the next week you're going to see a completely different... It'll be like we flip a 180. Um, we got some amazing footage, I'll just say that. Um, yeah, who's... Who's so hunt? Or, or are my, you going to edit next? The Yours? bird of my life is yeah. up next okay. week. That's, that's a good... Yeah. That'll be a good episode. So, I mean, just amazing footage. And, and we got great, foot, great footage of uh, Rick's hunt, but, you know, things just didn't go according to plan. But... We got the bird. And yes, we did. Rick was able to eat the bird somehow, <laughs> as you'll see. Um, and, and that's the other thing, too, you know, with our buddy Rick. He's not so much a trophy guy. He likes to eat. His trophy comes in the kitchen, which y'all are going to see on YouTube, by the way. Um, Rick is a fantastic chef. And when he was able to get that bird, he was able to do a lot of good things with it. So... You know, it was really exciting to kind of watch him go through all the emotions and everything and um, just be able to have some success on public land, opening day, first hour of the hunt. Um, and we're looking to do that again this year. So uh, give us your thoughts, Josh. Oh, uh, going back to the um, what you were saying about your episode compared to the one we just released with Rick's Hunt, it's really the two opposite ends of the spectrum of Seriously. turkey hunting. It's like the exact <laughs> it, it, between Rick's episode and then the next episode we're going to release. It it kind of gives you the full spectrum of emotions that can take place during a turkey hunt. It'll it'll be good for viewers to watch both, especially if if you were to watch Rick's hunt and then next week as soon when, when we drop the other one, you know, watch that one. It'll kind of give you a good idea of just how different one hunting experience can be to another. Yeah. I, mean, I, I can't, I can't wait. To, Cause I've not seen any of the footage from your hunt, Chris. I mean, Oh, uh, you really, haven't? No, not seen, not seen a lick of it. So oh my like God. completely, uh, well, I know what we're doing after the podcast. Yeah, you, gotta watch, you gotta watch some of this. <laughs> complete neophyte in that, in that respect. Oh dude. Yeah. It's, it's some of the better, turkey footage now the dude that we saw last year sneak up on the turkey reaping it and grab it i can't hold a candle to that 
I may try that this year if we have an opportunity, but uh, I'm not touching that. But this is, when you think about turkey footage, this plays out as perfect. I've killed so few birds off the roost, Mm -hmm. and the best bird of my life, right off the roost. Nice. I mean, you just couldn't ask for better, Um, and, and I'll... And I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you another hint, Rick. Yeah. And, and a little preview to Chris's hunt. He probably spends about a hundred dollars less than than shows than what you did. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, to be fair, it was only one TSS shell. It it was it was only one TSS. Uh, the rest were long beard XRs. Um, which I, I mean, it it it, it was still. I mean, it's still like half a box of shells. So, I mean, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it, it's kind of rough uh, when you sit there and you look at it and you just hear boom, boom, boom. You're like, man, that's like fifteen bucks right down the drain, isn't it? But I, yeah, you got to pay to get in the game. So, I, I, I think, it, I think it's. It's still one of those things that uh, you know people will identify with, and you know if if you are shooting TSS, um, I'm going to be shooting TSS actually this year, loaded by um, Aaron Satterfield, who we had are, on here. Are you going to take the the ones? I'm actually going to keep the seven the sevens that he okay. he uh, he loaded originally for me, even though he's got the eights available. And the only reason I'm keeping the sevens is I'm going tomorrow morning to. Uh, sight in my gun. Oh. So I've got um, a box full of old nitro turkeys, which, uh, sorry if it's your preference to use that for ammo. It's the worst turkey ammo I've ever <laughs> used. Um, every, every, with the exception, no, every bird that I uh, hunted earlier um I always use that and I just, I've never had good results with it, but it's kind of like one of those things. It's like, Hey, that's what's in your range and that's what you're buying. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> then I upgraded the long beard XRs. Uh, so I've got an extra box of those just in case, but hopefully it's a, uh, one shot deal this year. He did, he did a really good job on my Turkey gun. You got a, I have a nice red dot. That's right. Did, was, did you go today or was I yesterday? I got it yesterday. Um, I got a nice red dot. It's actually a green or red reticle oh. on it. So um, as I've said before, my right eye is uh, does not see real well. So that high-powered reticle um, on there really, really, really is helpful in me picking out like where I need to put that versus trying to find a dim white dot at the end of my shotgun. Yeah. Um, which you know, you know that, that that's that, that's what a lot of people use. I just I, it does not pick up well, um, for my eyesight. So I'm I'm going tomorrow morning, getting it on paper with those old nitro turkeys. I'm going to throw one of those TSS just to see how it goes, and if it's sighted in, it's sighted in at that point. So I'm I'm I am just tickled pink about being able to go, and get this done and being three weeks out from. You know all the uh, wonderfulness that is uh, opening weekend yes. in Kentucky. I really need to get my gun out. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was really looking forward to get those TSS from Aaron, but man, he's having a tough time getting the supplies oh. that he needs. So I'm like, I don't know. I mean, 
try and scramble around and maybe find some Longbeard XRs somewhere just in case. But yeah. again, it may be tough to find with it being three weeks from opening. Yeah, it's we we've talked about this enough on here, and I'm sure everyone knows mine and Chris's annoyance with this uh, with people stockpiling ammo, um, and it, it's not even like it's like. It's turkey ammo. It's any ammo. Yeah. It, it 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 is just it's absurd to me. You were telling me the other day that there's guys talking about using steel shot to hunt turkeys this oh year my God. because they can't find <laughs> because they can't find turkey like loads. Well, that but I think this guy was inherently stupid as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> he explained how he'd kill birds before, and I said, "Well, yeah, you can kill a bird with a BB gun, but the more and more you do it, something's going to go bad." And I flat out told him I had hunted all I had had. Mm-hmm. This is in the poor days. All I had was steel shot left over from goose season. Yeah. And I had a gorgeous bird. This dude was a regular. He came up to like 50 yards and strutted for 45 minutes and stood there in the same spot. Wouldn't move. Goblin. <laughs> same three foot area. Wouldn't come any closer. And I literally just didn't shoot because I know what I've seen steel do mm-hmm. to ducks at 20 yards. Yeah. So a merganser, which is tiny, I'd shoot two or three times mm-hmm. before it'd finally die. That stuff is trash. So I had a conversation with the guy. And normally when you have these conversations, people tell you to piss off, basically. Mm-hmm. they Our... Society is very dug in on what they want to do, and a lot of people won't change, surprisingly, and especially when you get on the internet. Oh, surprisingly, yeah. this dude, after talking with him, said, you know what? I'm going to check out some lead. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Because, <laughs> you know, again, a guy could probably kill a bird, but things can go south quickly when you have everything perfect. Mm-hmm. You don't want to take the odds out of your favor and put the odds in favor of wounding an animal by using steel shot. I'd rather pay for TSS to duck hunt, and I will, mm-hmm. rather than use steel, because steel is borderline unethical to me. I mean, for, for the longest period of time, that's all you could get. And now, I mean, with all the... I mean, we talked about this with Aaron. Um, you can get bismuth loads. You yeah. can get... TSS, you can get mixes, mixes, duplex, those duplex loads. I mean, it's, it's nuts to think of, um, where that kind of stuff goes, but that all being said, you can't find anything right now because everyone Mm -hmm. has bought up everything, which is the annoyingly large part of this, Mm -hmm. unless you're, you're using a muzzle loading shotgun. (laughs) Um, and even then, yeah, that's still, um, that's still tough finding. Because that's a it's a niche thing to you know try to find to begin with. So now, I will say this much though, when I started turkey hunting, we didn't have well we had turkey loads, but I didn't use turkey loads. We just used high brass three inch shells in the shot size that we wanted. Generally, we'd take fours and fives. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got into the turkey loads, I got into sixes and a three and a half or a three. Yeah. But um, don't feel like you're screwed if you don't have a turkey load because you can still kill birds at ridiculous yardages. To give you an example, and I don't want to sound just like the dude I just put down with the steel <laughs> shot here. <laughs> My daughter is seven now, 
In 2018, as a four-year-old, she dropped a mature three-year-old bird at 42 steps with a 410, and that was just straight-up factory ammo. It was a three-inch number six shot. Now, I'm going to say that not many pellets hit that bird, but it dropped it like a sack of potatoes, and I went crazy when it did because I thought, Man, it's too far, but I don't think he's going to get any closer. This is our opportunity for mm-hmm. the entire season that I have worked my keister off for. Let's take a shot. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, that thing dropped like you shot it in the head with a twenty-two rifle. <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, oh my God, it, it dropped. Cora, let's go get it. So um, don't feel like you're you're stuck or anything. Go get some number fours or fives if you can find them in a high brass, high velocity load uh, in lead. And you can bash turkeys' faces in at 60 yards. Yeah. And if you're still looking for turkey loads, um, I've said this before. If you have a 10 gauge, there's plenty of turkey loads (laughs) out there for 10 gauges right now. Um, But what I I will also mention is that a lot of these stores... um, are releasing stuff online early in the mornings, like each day. So if you get on like any of your typical, you know, sportsman shops or you know Bass Pro Cabela's, Sportsman's Warehouse, whatever, you can typically find ammo. Um, they're not gouging yet. Uh, I actually got a box from Bass Pro the other day. I have a Longbeard XRs. How much? Uh, twenty two, twenty three dollars. Well, that's normal price. Yeah, huh? so normal price. They, I mean, they weren't. Uh, now I don't know. I don't know what the guys who are buying five boxes of nine millimeter were paying for the nine millimeter shells, <laughs> but um, for my lowly turkey hunting self, um, it's uh, it, it was a, a good buy. So the other thing I do want to say with this, and I know we bash this quite a bit. Um, because it's really just like irritating, just like to be able to go to a store and like not find what you want for eight months. Um, you know, we've I, I did a podcast on this months, months back about the Pittman Robertson Act. Mm-hmm. So um, I do want to thank everyone who's bought a gun, everyone who's bought ammo, anyone who's bought like any type of firearm stuff. Like the thing to remember about all this kind of stuff is is that you are now paying into what will probably be the one of the largest allocations from the Pittman Robertson Act yeah. ever. Um and it's always during an election year. We've talked about this. Um whether it, it doesn't matter who the president is, uh it does you know, gun sales do go up. Uh, when people do get scared that their uh, you know, freedoms are going to be taken or something like that. But reality being is that there is going to be a huge endowment of money that's going to be matched by, I mean, for each state really, uh, across the United States. And I'm sure that m- a lot of the wildlife officers and habitat workers and that kind of stuff are going to be greatly appreciative of not having to make up the money by you know kind of asking for it through 
different programs and that kind of stuff. I mean, there, there, there's going to be an immense amount of money funneled into this. And realistically, probably for the next four years, um, maybe for the next eight, depending upon who the next person is yeah. in the office after that. Um, but I'm, I'm, always, I'm always excited to see this kind of stuff because this was the same thing that got um, the backlogs at all the national parks fixed. It got us more hunting and... Um, access in certain areas it, it provides more money for programs for hunters and fishermen and realistically they're starting to build because i forget when it was i think it was changed back in the 70s um it is it can be used for shooting ranges now so you you have more shooting ranges which in ohio especially there ain't a whole heck of a lot of them because no, i mean i mean the closest uh rifle range to you guys was tranquility and that's still shut down right it's still shut down yeah um and you know whoever is the person up in ohio that can deal with that if you just run the plumbing <laughs> differently on that field it would probably not be as wet so i love you <laughs> um it's 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 the only place where you can go shoot a rifle uh, like yeah. in, around around there and you know as you guys have a um straight wall cartridge um season now some of those rifles are hitting 200 yards oh and way longer well than that. i mean that, yeah. that that's the thing is like you're not shooting 30 <laughs> you're not shooting 30 out sixes but like the guy who wants to go on a western trip Same and right and can't like go and find a place to go sight in his gun uh you know you can't go to shoot you can't go to point blank or a place like that because they won't allow high-powered rifles i in drove there. over two hours to go up to aaron and then to his place in indiana are you serious? Yes. Oh my gosh. To to shoot 200 yards. Wow. And then we lucked up and found a guy. Uh, he's amazing, Ryan Fultz. We love you. Um, he invited us. He's the guy who invited us out. Oh to yeah, yeah. Shoot at his farm. Yeah. And we got three hundo. Nice. And man, that. I mean, you could almost say that guy is a part of the reason him and Aaron are a part of the reason that I was successful at harvesting a pronghorn. Yeah. So it would be nice to have a dedicated place where you could go and not ask permission or Mm -hmm. you get a permit and you show up and you shoot. Um, But yeah, all this buying up of the ammo, I guess that is a good way to look at it. There is a, you know, the guns and ammo and everything. There is a, a good thing to that, a good spin or whatever, but... God, can you guys just leave me some on the shelf? <laughs> it's insane, man. Yeah. I especially need to leave Rick some. Yeah, he I mean, needs a couple. I, mean I, I need as much <laughs> as I possibly can. He needs at least can. one extra box. Um, so, I mean, but that being said, so Josh, you are going to be a resident of the Bluegrass State here yes. before too terribly here long. Let's watch this guy. So, <laughs> so um, speaking of dedicated spots, I took you to a couple WMAs near where we're at right now. And, I mean, they have dedicated rifle ranges there, which is nice to have mm-hmm. um, because in Kentucky you can rifle hunt um, high-powered rifles. But Yeah, you showed me one the other day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we, we've, we've got the nice tube range on, on that one WMA, and then you've got, you know, your, you know, you got the handgun range and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff there too. But um, we actually went out and got away from, I mean, we kind of turkey scouted, but we didn't. Um, yeah. we, heard, we heard one bird, and that was fine because – 
the, the the larger point of why we went to the place that we went to was to see if we could find um, deer. Yeah. And to find good sign for this upcoming fall. Chris and I talked about this a while back of like what what's a good time to go scout for you know deer season in the next for like before the next season and i love this time of year to go do that because canopy's still open you can i mean there's still leaves on the ground so you can see i mean pretty worn trails and that kind of stuff and i mean you can see scrapes and scratches and rubs and all that kind of stuff but you know i kind of wanted to get your perspective on you know be, I mean, you're you you are where I was five years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is this? Twenty twenty one? No, good lord. Sorry, Allison. Um, <laughs> ten years ago, <clears throat> um, moving over here, and you know, kind of trying to figure stuff out again. So, you know, kind of like from your perspective, like what did you see? What did you think? That kind of stuff. So yeah, so I'll be moving to Kentucky. Uh, just across the river and over the next few weeks. So I'll be a Kentucky resident here soon. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, but it's kind of nice. So in, in Ohio, right, I've, I've, I've lived in Ohio my whole life. So I've always had my my parents' property to hunt on. I've always had some private to hunt. And then I've just recently started to get into some public hunting in Ohio over the past you know, year, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so going over to Kentucky, where I don't have any private spots, now it's mainly just all public. Um, so that's why you and I went to this couple WMAs. You yeah. were kind enough to show me around, and we we did some scouting. So it's it's kind of a, a whole new experience where it's like you really got to put in the legwork if you really want to be successful. Yeah. Rather than here's your private spot and like you you know you're the only one that has access to it and like you know you can have. What are you going we to don't say? say private spot. <laughs> <laughs> That's the wild turkey talking, ladies and gentlemen. Continue, Josh. So it's not like you have, you know, your your own private land uh, where where you're the only no, one no on spot. it, and then it's a lot easier to do, you know, your own scouting and do due diligence on on your own land. But you know, this is, you know, going to public, putting in the footwork, figuring out you know, those, you know, little spots where you can find or get into deer or turkey. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's pretty exciting, honestly. It's it's a whole new experience. It is. And it's it's cool when you have the opportunity to go and do it. And I remember I, for the first two to three years I lived here, I had a private farm that I could go and hunt. The farm got sold and mm-hmm. I was sick to my stomach. I had, I had, a, I had a year there at the very end where... Um, I shot a deer, the landowner didn't necessarily like it. I was like, well, I, and I, I'd put in a lot of work to like scout these deer, all this kind of stuff. He let you hunt there and didn't like that you shot it. Um, I, I shot, I shot a smaller deer than like, than I guess what he would, he would have preferred. Um, nothing wrong with that. You know, it's his property. Was it like a button buck or something? Um, I yeah. massacre button. Buck. Yeah, it, it, it was it was a, it was it a bu- hate me. It, it, it was a bu- it was a button buck, but I mean it was it was a legal deer. Uh, it came in and it was it was rifle season, so I 
got in the blind. I got waxed. Got waxed. (laughs) And I and I I said, like, is there anything you don't? Well, I prefer you not to do this. I'm like, okay. I thought it was a doe. So I mean, I mean, like language. I can't see a penis from 80 yards away. Just sure. And it it was it was one of those little nubs. I mean, but I mean, how are you gonna? I mean, you could you couldn't see it. So. I had already made my mind up. I'm like, okay, Rick, you're going to go and you're going to start looking at WMAs. So this is coming from a person who literally had one in his backyard for his entire life. My my entire life living with my parents, I had a WMA right behind my, oh my house. God. And like I, you know, when, when you grow when you grow up with that, you're just kind of like, oh, it's like you could just walk out your back door, mm-hmm. and it's just like God put it there. <laughs> um, and I mean, he technically did, but like he didn't draw the boundaries on it. Right. <laughs> but like you, I, I I never really thought of it. So when I moved here, I didn't really give it a whole lot of thought, and then I started looking, and I'm like, well, there's like four or five around me that I can get to within, you know, no longer than an hour's drive. So I started going to some of these places and I, I had just picked up bow hunting. I just kind of like said, this is what I, I want to try to start doing this. I picked it up the year before. Um, I, uh, that, pro- that property got sold and I talked with the guy at M&M Archery uh, who services my bow, and he gave me the name of the place that we went to the other day. I was like, oh, okay, along with two other ones. And the thing that I've noticed that is the difference between public land in Kentucky versus public land in Ohio is um, public land in Ohio, everywhere that I've ever hunted, has always had lots of road access. Like, there's tons and tons of road access. Everywhere I've hunted in Kentucky, there is a parking lot, and the rest of it is on foot. Like, yep. if if you are going, if you are going to hunt in Kentucky on private or on public land, you are going to walk on foot. Yeah, I mean, you have to God, walk. God, we foot. shouldn't even be saying this because now all the I want to walk everybody people are going to show <laughs> up at our hunting spot. Probably, but you know, it's just the, the animals just hang closer to the parking lot at that point. Well, but I right. got tricks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's but it's it's cool. Like when you go to a place like that and you find birds or you find deer, and you're not, you know, you don't think of it. Like the other the place where we went to and you, we heard all those birds. Like that was my, that was my second time being there, and I was like, man, this 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 is it. Like this this place is wonderful, and they don't like it. Just depends on where these places are at, whether they get hammered or not. And with the sign that we saw at at the one we went to, I'm fairly confident there's nice deer there, and I'm mm-hmm. fairly confident they don't get hunted as much, be, just due to the fact that. Um, this is a Buckeye speaking about bluegrass things that I want to be very clear about. Um, people down here seem to only like to rifle hunt. Yeah, They, they like to gun hunt. And th- they think it's more of a, a kind of a cultural thing mm-hmm. down here. And there's not a darn thing wrong with it. Um, I mean, you've got three weeks of rifle and you've got two separate gun seasons, uh, muzzleloader seasons. I mean, why why wouldn't you like to gun hunt? And sure. I mean, realistically, you have those abilities. And even though archery deer season starts September here, early I mean, September. early yeah. September, I mean, you get a whole month before most 
other states even think about opening. And it, it's really cool when you start kind of piecing these puzzle pieces together and you start saying like, wow, I can, I can walk into these WMAs as long as I'm willing to put on my boots and like find a spot and really work to get there. Like the spot we, I feel like we went to the other day, we really, I don't think it's going to be touched by a whole lot of people. No, no. And you had, you said you never been back that far, mm-hmm. right? And the place isn't that big. But no, it's not. Essentially, Rick and I got there, and like he said, we were, you know, doing some turkey scouting and deer scouting. We heard that one bird. We we also found that track too, that turkey track. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that um, one turkey track. Yeah, one turkey track. <laughs> and, and, and what looked to be some scratching on, yeah. on top of yeah, that yeah. ridge. Yeah, but it's not like prime turkey habitat no it's a lot of wooded areas and then the fields that they look like open fields on a map it, they're not they're growing up with like briars and yep. yep they're thick um wonderful deer cover yeah, yeah. wonderful deer cover yeah. so that's i mean that's what our trip turned into we yeah. did a lot more deer scouting and i was looking on on x at some of the topography in different areas and i was like picked out a few spots i was mm-hmm. like let's let's go over here i think there's going to be sign here i mean just based on the map, it looks like we could, you know, see some stuff here. And sure enough, right, that one spot we went to, oh, on the way there, I found that shed. Yep. The first public land shed I found. Yeah. Chris is very jealous because he can't find sheds. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that one spot, right, uh, mm-hmm. we found that large, there was two large scrapes and, and some decent trails going out of the woods. Uh, unfortunately, we did find some some sign of people there was yeah. a blind put up in the over there super bizarre spot too yeah. like this blind that i forgot to tell you about this so we, we <laughs> like we go to the we we were on this ridge top it's against some cedars and this is where we saw the turkey scratchings and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and then we look over and there's this tree stand it's in a very very dead tree um, yeah. like it looked a, like you could blow on like, it and, and it followed. would fall over. Like it, it, it was a widow maker. How how new? Oh, it, did it was the tree stand seem. It or was, was it a, there for a while. It was there for a while. It had okay. been there for a bit. Um, but still, that tree looked real. But dead. still, the, yeah, it looked real dead, and it was dead before this guy put that stand mm-hmm. in there. Like it, it, like there's no way that this tree had been alive. What kind of tree was it? Was it an ash? It might have been an ash. Yeah, um, wow. But uh, when we looked at it, I'm like, ooh. So then we we round the corner, and when we walk out, there's it's so there's a conjunction like it's like a field corner, and there's there's a game trail there, and then it's just like I don't know like ten foot high like grass and scrub yeah. in the like with like a one lane track like uh, cut around it, and then there's a blind like sitting by one single solitary tree. Yeah. And, like, there's no way, like, the deer would be from me to you away before oh before someone would see it. Yeah, the guy, wow. like, I walked around, and I'm like, this guy would have, or girl, would have one shot, and it'd be, like, at eight yards. And I'm like, who put this here? And He's why? really looking to up his success. I guess. Unless it was, up like. his percentage. <laughs> I mean, it, the blind was not old. Um like there was no tears or anything in it. And if I had to guess, it was during late gun season. Was where... it sun bleached at all? No, no, no that's so the thing. It was so there yeah, last season. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it had to be like uh, late muzzleloader was when this thing was put in. So like December ish. Yeah, that's what we guessed. Yeah, but we found that 
in a very random spot. And then we picked a couple other spots. Uh, there was, um, so we went into one parking area to access that area we were just talking about. And then we went around all the way to the other side to the main entrance. And Rick wanted me to show, or Rick wanted to show me a few spots over there. And that spot mm-hmm. where you had your stand. There. Yeah. Um, I was like, Oh, let's, let's go into the back here. I'm like, that looks interesting over here. And we went back there and it was thick again. Like yeah. Just tall, like thick brush and briars. I'm like, well, let's go all the way towards the road. And we went all the way towards the road and there were, there were trails and then we saw some old rugs. Yeah. I'm like, let's just follow these trails on down. Um, cause where we went at all the way towards the back, if we would have kept along the road edge towards that other field where that blind was, right? It was it kind of connected the two areas. So I'm like, well, let's go down here in this like ravine and and kind of kind of get an idea of what's going on here. So we went down there on this on as the hill and you kind of gradually goes down on this creek bottom and it's rub city yeah tons tons of rubs tons. multiple scrapes there was a community scrape because it had just been used i mean you could see, we saw there was fresh hoof prints in it i'm like well this is this looks like a nice little money spot i put a camera up i mean obviously it's still early but i just wanted to get an idea of movement in that area um i may check it like I'll probably check it once over the summer and then and then leave it there for the fall and that. Let it soak. Yeah, just let it soak. Um we found some good sign and that that looks like a nice spot where no one's really getting to. And I, I even told Rick, I'm like I'm like, look at the road access and where people are most likely gonna come from. If a deer's trying to get away, this is most likely gonna be their escape route. And I was I'm just based on the map and then the lay of the land, that's really what it looked like was escape routes. I'm like, this could be a nice spot. Uh, maybe not early season in Kentucky, right? Not not the beginning of September, but definitely, you know, mid to late fall. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I feel like that's going to be a good spot mid to yeah. late fall. And that's that's another thing with, with being a Kentucky resident and having to scout these new places i'm kind of changing my thought process because in ohio right our season starts towards the end of september and you you yeah. can still do early season tactics but that's around the time when some of the patterns start to change oh, but in kentucky it's since it's towards the beginning of september right you can still find those deer on those early season patterns going to food and like beans mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. so i'm like trying to change my thought process because i would really like to fill my kentucky buck tag early and then go to Ohio. Focus on Ohio. Yeah, and focus on Ohio, where I have my private spots, where I've killed my bucks on the past two, two years. That's always the dream. That's, yeah, it's always <laughs> my dream. Is is that? It's like I'm just I'm going to kill that Kentucky buck in September, and I'm going to be done with it, and then I've got to worry about. It. I can concentrate on does for the rest of the year, and then go to Ohio and get my Ohio deer. And I've just not ever had that happen yet. Where I think I've killed every one of my deer in Kentucky has always been uh, mid-November every time, and uh, whether it's been bow or gun. And I mean, I I'll, I'll hunt with a bow sometimes during the middle of gun season just because that's the property. Um, actually, right across the road over here. Um, I, they let me bow hunt, so that's mm. all I can really use. But 
I've always like there's just a ton of deer around that time of year, and I mean they're up and they're moving, and uh, especially up in this area, zone one, like there's just there's tons of deer, mm-hmm. there's just tons and tons of deer. They I mean you can take an unlimited amount of does here because they want them gone. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you got to keep buying tags, but yeah. I mean, your initial tag is you know you get four deer with it, and then every tag after that, I think you get four deer. Jeez, it's a lot. It's either four or two. Check the regs on that, people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like you can take. I think K- Kentucky did a did a study on it a few years back where the most that anyone has ever taken was eighteen. Um, and yeah, there, there, and it's like the same, so it happened multiple years, but it was always the same two guys, always the same two guys took between 16 and 18 deer. I mean, it's nuts. Most people take two, um, max four, but you know, they want deer in this area, like down to be what like zone two is, which is. You know, farther south, and for those of you who don't know, we're like in the northern Kentucky area. I'm not saying anything secret. We're saying zone one. Um, the, Kentucky has four zones. There's zone one, zone two, which is like the middle of the state, um, kind of into the Louisville area. There is zone. Louisville? Yeah, Louisville. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. Are you saying? Louisville. Are you saying? What's that accent? Louisville. Louisville. Um, Thank uh you. you're welcome. The French, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um in zone three and zone four are completely different. Zone four used to be um antler only. Mm-hmm. And you uh I don't want to say this. It's a lot better than what it used to be, but um it it, it was very much you ever see those old old um Pictures of the buck pole from like Michigan yeah. and oh, Maine, yeah. and there's a lot of like spikes on there. Yeah. It's like that's what it's like. That was the southern part of the state. They literally yeah. just now, within the past year, um, allowed opening up for one antlerless deer down there um, per person, and you you can only take like one antler deer doesn't mean like if you get four four tags you get four antler deer down there it's like you get one antler deer and they say go somewhere else in the state if you plan on filling those other three tags Jeez. yeah so i mean it, it's it's an interesting hodgepodge of different zones so i say all that to say this is uh look at your regs understand what is <laughs> what zones you go into because it's different because this is important because uh with turkey season coming up ohio is one of those states there are two different zones for there Turkey yes. uh, within the state of Ohio, and one runs later than yep. the other. And in that part of the state, there are some WMAs that are nice, open areas. There, you got to drive to get there, but if you are a turkey nut, that's an opportunity yeah. for you. Don't go if it's the WMA that Luke invites you to. <laughs> <laughs> it has, it has no- unless you want. To- Unless you want to get in a fight. <laughs> Unless you want to get in a fight. With a meth head. Oh, there, my gosh. There are yeah. zero turkeys yeah. there. <laughs> I'm sorry to all the meth heads out there, but I tried to fight one once. <laughs> I mean, it, it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting uh, thing with uh, public land, and we've, we've always discussed this. I love it so much because a lot of my youth was spent going out on it because it was right there. At the same time, though, when you look at it, it is um, 
I don't, as I look over at my meat eater mug over my coffee maker, um, I think it's become very chic and in style to go oh, yeah. public land hunting, oh. which is fine, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's also nothing wrong with going and knocking on doors and yep. trying to get permission. Doing chores. And doing chores. A bottle of bourbon goes a long yeah. way for some people. Especially in Kentucky. Especially yep. in Kentucky. And uh, make sure that you know what kind of bourbon you're buying because if you give it to somebody, sometimes they're like, uh, this isn't a good bottle of bourbon. Yep. So uh, this, is, this is actually a good tip. So uh, gifts for people that you can, or instead of doing chores, I always give a bottle of bourbon to, to uh, the landowners. Um Woodford's always a good choice mm-hmm. if you can't figure Woodford out Reserve anything. Woodford Reserve is great. Woodford Reserve is a good one. If it's um, a good spot, get them some wild turkey, man. Yeah, if it, if it's a good spot, a bottle of Rare Breed's always a good one. This diamond um, anniversary is making me feel like a great uh, person. Well, yeah, I, I imagine that it is. It, <laughs> it, it, it's that that's good stuff. Um, I I typically um, will also again just like hunting, you know, burp. You know, we we could we could spend an entire podcast on bourbon. We need to spend we, a podcast we probably more do. And more on bourbon. On we bourbon. need to have uh, what are they called? A bourbon maker or a distiller? A distiller, yeah. a distiller. We literally, you, there's literally a distillery like over the hill. Like Boone County Distillery is like right Say over the hill. Distillery from here. fast three times. Distillery, distillery, distillery. He hasn't had enough bourbon. <laughs> um, you know what we ought to do? Well, we can't tell. Next podcast, let's talk public land etiquette. Uh, etiquette, yeah. very, etiquette. very well put. Yeah, we should do a public land etiquette. Now, obviously, this is perspective, yes. but I think when you think along the same lines that we do, you'll find that you'll go a lot farther. And I want to fight you less. Public land also. Um, applies to waters as yes. well. Um, and for those of you up in Maumee currently doing the walleye run, um, you'll know what I'm talking about here. Uh, there's a there's a lot of times that I think people take for granted that um, I'm coming in here. I don't care. It's one time. I don't know these people. I'm from out of state. Or I'm from in-state and I'm from a different part of the state and they just kind of do what they want. Um, You know, I know that that is a big qualm that some people have with certain people on YouTube that come into public land areas and blow people out after you've scouted. But um, as Randy Newberg always says, that's public land hunting. And you have to accept the good with the bad with that. But there's there's a lot of etiquette stuff. That you can, that, you know, we can kind of go over in, in one of these episodes. And I feel like that's probably a good thing to yeah. do. Yeah. Especially, I mean, we we were supposed to have Josh House on this week, but, uh, you know, things got tangled up there. Yep. But it's going to be a kind of a good primer for that because mm-hmm. when we take Josh turkey hunting, even though um, I don't know where we're taking him just yet, but the reality of that is, is that if it is a piece of public, we want to be able to teach him what's proper, what's yep. not. And it does not take but two seconds to say, hey, man, where are you going? Are you yep. going that way? I'm going here. And for any of you that do come and hunt Kentucky, this is an important thing to remember. Um, every WMA has a board at the front of it. 
and it has a map of the WMA, and most of them have magnets. The magnets are colored. Move the magnet to where you will be, and people know if you are in the woods, and they won't come trancing around, trouncing around you. I've, I have, I have not had a single issue with it yet. Maybe. And I mean, even like there's a predator hunting one, but like if it's the middle of turkey season, like they know you're not hunting predators. Like you're right. gonna move the pink button to the back of the WMA, and you know people give you a wide berth. So most people will you know do pretty well with it it's that one percent of the time that kind of sit on the struggle bus with that yeah did that wma that we went to does it have yeah i didn't i didn't even see the sign i went there this evening before this podcast i didn't even see the sign and i parked on that that one lot the main lot so it had no it doesn't that one doesn't has a sign yeah it's a sign i act I actually think that one might have gotten like shot. Um, <laughs> th- so, so I know, I know the other one that um, is up around here. Um, like, there's very visible bullet holes in it mm. um, because people use it for target practice. Um, but realistically, most of these places have mm. have those things. So, I mean that that's that's all I can think of. Uh, I guess we'll do concluders. Josh, you wanna you wanna start off with oh, concluders? I'm our st- guest, our guest for the evening. I'm starting off the concluders. Um, well, I guess my concluder is just really. I just wanted to make one other point about going back to the etiquette. What you guys are talking about about public land hunting. So, etiquette is a two way street, mm-hmm. right? It applies to both parties. Even if the other person does not reciprocate and they do not show proper etiquette, that does not mean that you do not get to show proper etiquette. Thank you. Yes, you should. You should always keep your cool. Um, well, 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 well. <laughs> <laughs> show proper etiquette. Yes, I'm not going to say that you should always show your cool though, because sometimes people need to know. Go ahead. That's true. So, to each their own. You'll you'll hear about. They Chris's have to story. know when they're not showing etiquette. Yes, but in a nice yes. way. <laughs> we'll, we'll put a little caveat with that. You'll hear you'll hear Chris's story next week. He's alive. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's my concluder. And I, and I will say, just just from the scouting I've done in Kentucky on public compared to Ohio, for some reason it seems like Kentucky Kentuckians. I'm not sure if I is that the right. That's term? the right term. That's Kentuckians. Lavoldians. Lavoldians. <laughs> 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 the Kentuckians have a little bit more public land etiquette compared to Agreed. Ohio yeah. public land individuals. Like you, when we first went mm-hmm. there together, you were like, "Oh, there were stands here, and now they're gone." Like yep. p- people actually took them off. Now I went back and went to an area where I found four stands this evening. Yeah, which please listen to the rules and regulations. Take your stands down. That two is, weeks before yes. you can put them up. Two weeks after, take them down. Yes. But at least you recognize there were some that were there and people yep. actually took them down. In Ohio, I feel like no one ever takes it down. No. You no. see, they stick it there and then it's it's there. And I have I have found salt licks or mineral licks on two large, three large pieces of public in Ohio. Um, I've only been on a couple in Kentucky, but I haven't seen that in Kentucky yet. Yeah. Know. But it, for some reason, it just seems like, I don't know, Kentuckians respect their public land a little bit more. We we got a lot of it. 
And I, I think, uh, and do it public land too. Yeah, I, I still feel weird like calling myself a Kentuckian. Like, I, and I, I hope anyone else who's listening to this, who's ever moved to this state, this is not a dig against Kentucky or anything like that, or any state that you yes. move to. You can't dig against <clears throat> Kentucky because you just proved that you're a true Kentuckian by becoming offended. When I corrected you on how you say, I have always, Louisville. I have always said Louisville like that, like like how I just said it. That Most is, people have. I know it's not, but I I know if you, I'm getting flustered thinking about it. Um, I know I'm supposed True to say folks. Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. Um, but you know, realistically, there's there's a lot of land down here. Uh, it's wonderful, and. As a Buckeye, which I still consider myself in a lot of ways, I've lived almost half my life in Kentucky, whether it's been through school or since I have moved here. Um, take care of the stuff that they give you in the state, and it'll take care of you. Like yeah. th- that's that's one of my concluders is is just that. You know, I I love Ohio. You know, with a passion. I've been to a lot of different public spaces up there, but. At the same time, you know, the ones I've been to in Kentucky, they're very well maintained. The state does a good job of it, and they make sure that they use it to promote their uh, their their wild spaces. I, I, I mean, I'm just talking about WMAs. I'm talking about lakes too. Mm-hmm. Like, like we we could spend oh. four straight podcasts on the different lakes of Kentucky. And which is, you know, a whole different thing, which the day we went to some guy caught the, you know, state saw guy record yeah, we out, were, of, out of out of a lake. Yeah, we were right by, the, right the by name, there. Ladies and gentlemen, he gave it away. I did, didn't I? Yeah. I can edit that out, though. Editing that out. One minute, nine. No, one hour, nine minutes. OK, I was going to say you're a little <laughs> off there, which, by the way question for you yeah do you remember the french king king lua the 14th king king (laughs) (laughs) king lua king louis yes whoa 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 whoa. you can't have it both ways gosh (laughs) yes you guys see that (laughs) hear that louisville (laughs) <laughs> Render. <laughs> I actually, I, I was looking up on YouTube how to do something with editing footage. Uh-huh. And a guy who is crazy into it, and he's very talented, he has a shirt that I will own <laughs> that says, Render. <laughs> I'm getting that shirt. Oh. Well, what's your concluder, Chris? My concluder is this, um, you know, this is kind of, I always kind of try to get a little deep on you guys. Um, so watching this footage that we laid down last year, uh, thinking about tonight's in here with Josh and Rick, um, I started a Facebook page in 2017, and now I've been paying attention here recently just looking at stuff. And you see all these different people connected that would not otherwise be connected without that page. We're sitting here doing a podcast right now. Without that page, I'm not friends with Josh. Uh, Without social media, I'm not friends with Rick or Will. Uh, Will's Mm -hmm. my best friend. I'm not friends with uh, one of my other very, very good friends in Matt Amrine. Without social media... um, you know, of course, I'll do to the outdoors. 
So whenever you get a chance to get a few people together, I know this isn't super uh, sought after by a lot of people because with the bow hunting world today, everybody wants everything to themselves, but I encourage people to get a group of friends out into the woods or on the water and go have a fun day together. Uh, last year, turkey hunting, turkey hunting with Rick and Luke mm-hmm. was one of the most memorable hunts <clears throat> that I've ever had. Um, again, not perfect, but it was one of those weekends that you'll never forget in your life. And I think Luke and Rick could probably agree with that. So absolutely, um, get a couple of guys, girls, whatever. And go out and hunt or fish or forage for some morels and celebrate with some bourbon or a beer or a freaking ice water if you don't drink, whatever. Good food. And and just have a fun time. And let's kind of try to bring, bra- bleh, bring back the camaraderie that is supposed to be in the outdoors and that was there for years and now is slowly starting to fade away. I would agree, and uh, I want to also say uh, publicly, again, thank you. (laughs) That's only a half thanks, guys. That's a dick. You're Uh, welcome. No, but seriously, uh, thank you again. Yeah. You know, last year was a lot of fun, and I know this year's going to be just as much, uh, if not more fun, because you can hunt, and uh, uh, Chris's uh, unborn son... If you could stay in um, just for a little while so we can uh, get uh, opening weekend out of the way in Kentucky, yeah. Ohio, you can do whatever you want. Right. I don't care. We're going for the due date. But uh, <laughs> um, if, if you can, uh, stay inside. And I seriously, though, man, I, I really want to thank you because it was yeah. such a it was such a wonderful weekend and we all had such a great time. And I know that it's going to happen again this year. So with well. that... Uh, this has been Fueled by the Outdoors. We've been your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. And we've been joined tonight by Josh Luck. And we will talk at you all later. Thanks a lot for listening. Bye-bye. See you. Bye. And that will do it for our podcast today. Please remember to subscribe, like, review on all major podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, TuneIn, CastBox, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. As always, we are available for contact at theeliteoutdoors1 at gmail.com. That is theeliteoutdoors1 at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you next time.